0: Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome back. Episode 61, Hebrew Congregation of Houston. We thank you all for tuning in. We love you. Always know that uh, we want you to share our episodes. Uh, Feel free uh, to put some information at the bottom, any questions you have, any feedback that you may have. and also that you can send me your email address and join us in one of these squares you can join us you don't have to say anything or you can talk so feel free so um I had gotten the vaccination my second one and I know that I've been getting a lot of feedback from that saying you know is that the mark of the beast and I also follow this young man um matter of fact I'm subscribed to him and he was uh Basically, so, now don't get the second one. Basically, he was talking to me. If I felt that was the market of beasts, I wouldn't have taken it. And so let's have a little discussion uh, about it. Now, um, first of all, we're in this what? We're in this Egypt, United States. A lot of people are, are tatted up, tattoos, because what? When we were sold to the slave masters, they put marks on us. They branded us. So a lot of people are tattoos. You wouldn't even be able to see. I got a tattoo here. So I'm I'm, I'm no different. I've been in here in this Egypt too, ignorant, lack of knowledge. And so it only makes sense that it would be on the hand and the forehead. Think about it. All these tattoos people have. Uh, Secondly, there's some things that haven't happened. And I want to just get into a discussion uh, about this. Now, my uh, final decision was I have a grandbaby on the way. So I want to see my grandbaby. We know we can't get into the hospitals. Uh, I have a husband um, uh, just went into remission about cancer. And then to travel back and forth to California to see my grandbaby, I've, I, I had a vision that I got into it with these people, into these people at the airport. And I don't want that to happen. So I did go ahead. Now, I'm a, I am reiterate, I don't believe in the vaccination as far as it's going to protect me so no i don't believe the vaccination will protect me i'm going to continue to wear my mask i'm continuing to keep my distance and everybody say oh wash your hands and your you, chlorox. you should have been doing that anyway so that's nothing new washing your hands and, and keeping everything clean in the house uh rabbi uh rabbi has uh knowledge of all those extra books that we do not see in the bible and we've been telling you to get the Sefer, but he has even more books. So Rabbi, what do you have to say about uh, people saying this is the mark of the beast?
1: The mark of the beast, to be honest with you, is a Christian concept. It comes from the Catholic church, the mark of the beast. That's, that's again, that's that's not in Hebraics, that's not in our culture as Israelites or, or Yehudim. But I will tell you this, that what, the, what we, talk about as far as a mark, we talk about the tefillin, you know, the, what we put on, let me, let me pull this out, what we wear on our heads when we pray and what we put on our arm. So when they talk about the mark of the beast, they say what? It's gonna be in your forehead and in your hand. Well, we have tefillin, what we put on our head and and, and what we do is those are uh, for our prayer. If you're in Hebrew, if you're actually following the Torah as it was, um, Written, because it says it shall be faultless before your eyes and bound in your hands in the sand. Now, Christianity or Catholicism took it to be a a a natural mark, right? Something that would be stamped in your head. But it actually they they they,
0: they took it as that because the revelations it talks about that.
1: Yeah, again, (laughs) that's a misunderstanding of scripture, a misunderstanding of scripture, and it's done through the Catholic Church. We have to get out of that system. We have to get it out of our thinking, our way of thinking, and start thinking that way. The mark of the beast is what you do and how you think and how you act in accordance to the commandments of Yah. It has nothing to do with physical things unless you're bowing down and worshiping wood and stone. When you're bowing down at a cross, you're bowing down at a wooden cross. If you go to the Kabbalah stone, and you reach in and touch that stone that is worshiping a stone okay those are marks of the beast what
0: what what's the stone again because i was it's reading a, that about the stone a, too in our parish you what's the stone
1: it's a kaba stone it, it was somebody that it was a, a meteorite that came down that the muslims go to and they touch it they reach through and they touch this when they're at, at their big uh ceremony so we have to get out of this thing of somebody stamping you in your head and, and places something in your hand, when in actuality, again, it has to do with a spiritual constant, spiritual operation in your mind and in your body. So when you're going to take this shot, you have to be, yeah, you'd be cautious about taking the shot because you don't know how it's going to affect you and, and it was not approved, all these things. But this has always been the case. We always are skeptical about taking immunizations, but we've taken immunizations all of our lives. So again, it, it's your choice. If you don't trust the medical system, then don't follow the medical system. But if you're going to trust the medical system, then trust the medical system or find a doctor that you can trust and ask those questions. Would you give this to your parents? Would you take this yourself? Did you take it yourself? What are, you know, what's in this thing? Is it is it pig blood? Is it something in there that I shouldn't have? It, let your, a doctor that you are familiar with explain it to you, but don't go on these politicians and these conspiracy theorists who have no idea. So,
0: so you're in- saying the mark of a beast is being an atheist, basically the ones that saying I don't believe in y'all. Well, no, no, that's not the mark. Let's does. let's have a discussion on this because there's so many things going around here, and I'm con- I'm confused myself, but I'm not confused that I don't believe it's the mark of the beast, or I wouldn't have taken it.
1: We'll go ahead. In trouble. Again, it's about an adversary. It's about doing things that we are commanded to do by the most high. If you're following the other side, then you are actually operating in the mark of the beast. You understand that?
0: As far That's as as far as being Catholic and having all those saints, whatever that you worship rather than almighty yah which is our god and our lord
1: you can be a a Yehudim or an israelite and still follow the mark of the beast if you're not obeying the command of god Mm -hmm. that's the mark of the beast so if you're going out and doing those things that are contrary to the torah you are actually operating in the mark of the beast Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: how simple it is that's if you go to the garden you see that you see that what's happening with cain and abel one is operating in the kingdom of God, and one decide to operate in the other side, which is the adversarial side, which is, again, going against the command of God. That is the mark of the beast. God gave us commandments. Our Father gave us commandments to follow. If you follow those, then you're following the kingdom of, of Yah. But if you're going contrary to that, then you're following the image of the beast, and you're operating in the beastly kingdom. He is indeed your leader, your your Messiah, all of that, if you're not following the command of God. That's the mark of the beast. And you okay. begin to kill people and murder and, and, and all kinds of things that are contrary to the word of God. That's the mark of the beast. We have to get out of this deception that they've given to us, passed down to us through because we, we walked away from the covenant. And because of that, he's, given, he's allowed us to, to be deceived. Right. And so we're walking in deception, right? Every, every, every generation has the mark of the beast. You know, Ronald Reagan was the mark of the beast. You know that? Bill Clinton was the mark of the beast. He was the antichrist. All of these people were, yeah. mark, according to the conspiracy theorists and the politicians and the, you know, the people that have no idea about Torah. They come up with this crazy stuff.
0: And so uh, I know we haven't. Um, thank you for that, Rabbi Ashlan. I know we haven't gotten to our our parashah yet, but every time I read this Deuteronomy 28, and I know my son Griff, uh, when he brought me into the knowledge, he he told me about this. It's very disturbing to me. It's very disturbing. But I'm a part of. I'm a part of this. I'm a part of this disobedience. And now that I've come into the light and and learned it. But right here, if you uh, read 28 and um, starting at like 48, and he put a yoke of iron. Now this is way in Deuteronomy. Th- this stuff hadn't happened yet, but it's happened now. He, if he, uh, you will have a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you, the Lord will bring a nation against you from afar and from the end of the earth as a swift, as the eagle flies. We know the United States is the eagle a nation whose language you will not understand. We don't understand. uh, We didn't understand when we came over here, we were Hebrews, a nation of fierce um, contentance, which does not respect the elderly nor show favor for the young. And it it goes about stripping our kids out of our arms. All of uh, what has happened to us is right here in Deuteronomy 28 going into 29. And then it says, even in Deuteronomy 28 and 68, and the Lord will take you back to Egypt now, he, we had already been in Egypt. He said he'd take us back to Egypt, which is the United States, by the way of ships. Now, if that isn't explicit in, in telling us, I don't know what is. Because we didn't need a ship to go over to Egypt, <laughs> but we needed a ship to come here. So uh, I don't know if you want to get into that right now, Brother Griff, or wait until uh, we go into the parish or not. But it's just every time I read it, it... it I don't know, I just get disgusted by it, the whole thing, but it's our fault because of our uh, ancestors' disobedience and as we continue to be disobedient.
1: Well, so with everything you know about the mark of the beast and you read it in Deuteronomy, would you, would you say that the thing that came against the children of Israel were done by those that are led by the beast? killing babies, have no regard for the, the elders, or the, you know, have no regard, and just, uh, you know, destroying people. Wouldn't you say that that's a part of the mark of the beast?
0: Yes, and it, it, but it talks about in that revelation too, about uh, not being able to buy and sell and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. what is that all about, Rabbi?
2: All this People want to know.
0: People want to have this discussion. It's out there right now. We need to talk about this thing.
2: And, and you know, looking at the research, if we go back, you know, to um, the early 1900s, a lot of folks thought when we got social security cards, that was the mark of the beast. Um, a lot of Christians and a lot of circles said that social security cards was that mark because you literally cannot buy or sell. Um, it literally puts a value on your life. Uh, so I don't know what you think about that, Rabbi, but that was something I came across where I was like, hmm, <laughs> that that might be I don't know you know.
1: That's the way to get tax money out of, it, right? When you you know that's how they get their money out. Of it. They go yeah. that's Rome taxing everybody and everything taxes and death, <laughs> you know, tax and death. Yeah, so you know uh, that that's what they that, that that's the And but, a
0: lot of people don't know, but the social security number there's an odd and even number that tells you whether you're black or white in that social security number. So uh, when people have that, they can tell your your race also, but go ahead, Rabbi.
1: So all of that, you know, and they were doing that uh, in Rome, you know, they were doing that, they've been doing that throughout the ages, you know, ways of accountability. That's what got- remember, right. Right. ways of identification. Yeah, and numbering
3: the people and stuff like that. Right, That's and the birth people. certificate, the same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, you know, uh, but, but, but when we talk about identification, isn't that what the mark of the beast is? It identifies you as with this camp versus this camp.
3: But then now, again, that's what the word of Hashem is. Do absolutely. what that identifies you. Do what the beast says that identifies
1: you. Mm-hmm. Three times a year shall a man go up to Israel and be counted. That's the mark of the beast. But it's a way of, of what paying taxes to for the temple to be uh maintained, and then the widows, the poor, and the orphans were taken care of when we went there three times a year, see? But again, we were counted. We, there's a, a ceremony that we went through, our ancestors went through when they went to the temple and they counted them. When they put that shekel in, that half shekel in, that was a way of, of, when Yeshua went, and that's what was going on, they were counting the people, taking it. So is that the mark of the beast? No, that's a world system, and it's, and it's a way of accountability, uh, you know, but it's not the mark of the beast has nothing to do with mark of the beast that's a different thing
0: so you're saying right by the mark of the beast doesn't physically exist it's more of how you're living is is that what you're you're saying
1: it's a spiritual concept that 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 affects the natural realm so when people are killing you because you believe yeah they are they, they are in fact operating in the beast kingdom right when they come against you for For your belief system when it comes to destroy your family that's the beast system those are all marks of the beast when they emulate when people emulate the beast that's the image of the beast when you emulate his ways so uh, that's the beast okay the beast is how you operate right so again you can mark me with a tattoo it doesn't change my heart it just means that i didn't understand or i didn't do something i put a mark on my body that doesn't change my heart That doesn't change me spiritually, right? But again, we are commanded not to mark ourselves. Right. Right, in the scripture. Because we're not. As
0: I was was ignorant in the land, I have. And so that's why we have to teach our children in the next generation not to.
1: Right.
4: But you know, now you can use that as a testimony because that is where you were at at that time in your life. And then you can show them where you are now. One of the guys that I mentor, his chest, his back, everything. You know, because that's where he was in his teenage years and games and stuff like that. And then once he became an adult and he came not only into the knowledge, but then had an understanding, then he kind of like repented it. And I told him, I said, that's something you did. You really weren't aware of it. You know, you're not where you're at now, but use it as a testimony for your younger brothers and sisters that's coming up. You know.
0: But see, the Holy Spirit will guide you because I taught Griff not to get one. And I, and he said, why he want?" I said, because when you go for a job, you being you already have strike against you, that you're a Hebrew male. Then if you had two tattoos, that's going to be another strike against you in the workplace, because originally he was going to be a doctor. And mm-hmm. so he is a doctor, doctor for the children, but, um, I taught him not to, and he hasn't. And so, uh, working in the spirit, you know, God, even yeah. in my ignorance, the yeah. Lord was leading me and guiding me to mold to. My, my child what well,
4: he should be you know I, so I know my- when I was doing some studying about the whole thing with tattoos it was it's it's, it's a whole spiritual and so much that we do are spirits because we're part spirit and so when you get tattoos you start opening up portals and one of the things that I had read was that a lot of times when you open up a portal it attacks the weakest thing in your life because then it can, that's like pretty much what you're going to cover. So it, when it attacks the weakest thing in your life, then it becomes a distraction.
0: That's true. Because most of the time we get tattoos of people who have died or right. things that mean something to us that's pain. And I know I have my mother initials. And so it, it is, it, it is, it's our pain. Yeah. And, and God wants to move us past that.
4: Yeah. There, there was a friend of mine when we were talking about the whole thing. She was trying, I guess, get me to get on board with her to get it because she kind of knew you know, what it said in the Bible. But her thing was, oh, that's Old Testament. You know, That's irrelevant now, which you know, a lot of us have been brought up. The old is not as relevant as the new, but the new is based on the old. So she told me um, I was telling my whole spiel about how I felt about it, you know, and I was done with it. And three months later, she came back because she went to some of the elders in her non-denominational church and they kind of like justified it and said that it was okay. And so when she came back to quote scripture to me about it and she's like, well, when you shave, are you going to shave the corners of your beard? And she goes, "Oh no, no, no. I said, you know what? That was three months ago. I was good with it. You had your information. I had my information. I said, I thought we were done. I said, but just know a lot of times when that happens, you open up a portal and the weakest thing in your life is what it's going to attack. And what it did was it attacked her son mm. and he went like full left and still ain't fully recovering. this was years ago, like maybe over 10 plus years ago. And he's now just beginning to come back into the fold, you know, but I never did like, you know, see, I told you, cause I'm like, it's, it's a growing thing. You know, yeah. it may, it happens different for everyone.
0: We get our children names, all kinds of different things, our loved ones. And so, uh, But now we're into the light and we're in the knowledge and when you know better, you can do better. And that's the whole reason we come on here is to have these discussions that's going on in our community, that's going on in in the Hebrew population. And like we said, it's not just about Hebrew. This is in the Bible, this is for everyone, whether you're a Christian, you're a Hebrew, a Muslim, whoever you are, this is biblical. All this stuff is biblical. And so uh, that's why we have to go back to our Torah and our roots we're coming into our new year soon, our our, our Rosh Hashanah. And uh, we're gonna talk about that uh, definitely next week because that's on September the 6th. And just elevate to new levels, add this on, uh, take it step by step, that's what I've done. And then you'll come into the fullness of what God wants you to do and what who he wants you to be and what we're supposed to be celebrating and what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, and so... Um, Speaking of which, health is our wealth. So we've been having. Uh, we thank you so much, Minister Mike and Nicole Lisa, about our health is our wealth. Uh, I know I've been thinking about my health going into fifty. I just ordered some plant-based uh, noodles and plant-based rice, so I can start having that. So I'm starting to go into new levels because I want. I just don't want to be fifty and fabulous. I want to be fifty fit and fabulous.
4: <laughs> there you go. There you
0: go. The three F's. Not the three sixes, but the three Fs.
4: <laughs> you, change, you change your habits, you change your health. Okay,
0: Good, better, go and different. You, you can go your ahead habits. and take it over, Minister Mike.
4: All right, we'd just like to welcome everybody back to our health and wellness uh, segment. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and get started. We're gonna recap just maybe one or two slides of the, or what we covered last week. And let's see if I can get this. Hope everybody can start. Are you able to, to see the screen, Dr. Cb?
0: Yes, sir.
4: So, uh, I believe last week we have sort of touched on a lot of the pioneers um, of all races, but have been um, have been a pillar in the community of health, wellness, naturopathy, organic, vegan. You you name it. You know, we've pretty much um, touched on it. And probably one of the most leading ones of maybe the 20 and 21st century has been Dr. Seabee, also known as Alfredo Bowman. And uh, many of you know um, he, we lost him probably about four years, four or five years ago, I believe it was in 2016, but he went around the world. He, um, min- he I guess you can say ministered pretty much and helped a lot of um, leading artists, like uh, Lisa Left Eye lobes John Travolta. There's just so many stars that went to this man because of not only his claims, but the results of their treatments that they went to him. And most of you may be aware that he was the one that um, came public and said he had the cure for AIDS and for um, cancer. And when they took him to court on this because of his claims and everything, they feared he's gonna have like maybe this, five or 10. And you can actually see some of the court case on YouTube. He had 75 patients that either had AIDS or had cancer. Every last one of them was cancer, AIDS-free.
0: That's because they want to keep keep that money going for the medicines.
4: So there's been this belief that um, his... Incarceration and then death incarceration was all part of a conspiracy because how does the healthiest man probably in the world catch pneumonia while incarcerated and dies? And a year later, what he was charged on, they exonerated him, said he was completely innocent. But I'm like, a lot of good that that does now is it. So we just want to like share some information. Um, with everybody today. We're not saying you have to do it. You get to do it. And that's the most thing. Get yourself educated. Do your research so you can make a little bit more confident, intelligent in, um, decision on your choices. Because as we know, sometimes choices have consequences. So just be good with your choices, whether you choose to or whether you choose not to. We just want you to be informed. And he, you can go to his, um, his website. Um, it's Dr. He has a list of foods that he recommends, especially for people of color, because not all foods that we eat were originated in our heritage. There's a lot of stuff that we eat in America. They did not, our ancestors did not indulge in. You do not see pigs and stuff walking around the jungles of Africa. I'm sorry, (laughs) because the the lion, they would have had a field day. (laughs) I know, right? So um, as you can see on here, there's some like grain foods like amaranth, fanto, kamut, uh, quinoa. I've had all of those and they're actually really, really good. Some of the amaranth, it reminds me of what some people call porridge or cream of wheat and stuff like that. You'd really be surprised how a lot of the foods he suggested if you've never heard of and you try it, it's really good. And when you put like a host of seasonings and herbs, the taste is fabulous. Because that's really pretty much what we are, so to say, beguiled by, is our taste. Taste is everything to us. So we were not raised on health and nutrition. We were raised on taste. Add more butter, add more salt, add more sugar. It was all about taste. So if that taste is your thing, you can find some healthy stuff, but then you can put healthy herbs for your season to get the flavor that you desire. Then you can get away from eating stuff that tastes good, but has detrimental effects on your health.
3: Many of the things on this list, I started as of last night and a couple of days ago, I thanked my brother, um, Minister Mike, uh, for telling me about sea moss. I've never heard of it before, but in recent years I have, and I finally made some, and it's, it's uh, like applesauce, but it doesn't have that taste. It has no taste. And so you can add it to
0: applesauce. It tastes uh, like salt. I, I've had some too. It has a wh- salt what? to it.
4: But what like you can salt. what you what you can do That's because there's a um, I'm trying to get him on. He was going to come on last week, but he had uh, something he had to do. But he's found a way where you can actually have flavored sea moss. So mm-hmm. he makes the sea moss, but then he will blend like mangoes or pineapple, or so you can have a more of a flavor. A flavorful taste because it comes from the sea, it may have like that sea taste or fishy taste. And exactly. If, and you if, can make if, uh, uh,
3: the uh, recipe, uh, the link that I was sent has a, a shape where you are adding um, cacao powder um, and other fruits. You can add any kind of fruit that's on this list, let me say I have, um, and make it very flavorful. You can put it in applesauce. You can put it in just about anything that you consume. It's very, very helpful.
4: Right.
0: Yeah, thank you for that information. I was putting it in, um, you can cook with it. You can put it in anything yes. like
4: like you said. It, it, it's so, so good. You, and you and it's, it it's one of the things that actually fights mucus. That was one of the whole uh, precedents of Dr. Sebi. He talks about every disease starts from mucus. The birth of every disease starts mm-hmm. with mucus. When we talk about this whole corona thing, we talk, we hear how they were talking about their mucus buildup in the lungs. Everything he said starts from mucus. He said, if you eliminate the foods that generate and cause mucus, then you eliminate the disease. And sea moss is one of the many sea vegetables that fights mucus and inflammation. And we forget, mucus can start anywhere in the body. It's not just in our mouth and our nostrils and all. It can start anywhere, and then it exacerbates. A lot of times we're eating the wrong thing and then we're looking for immediate results. Well, it ain't happen. It ain't happening. But it's slowly taking a process over your body. Exactly. And then you're going to get to the point where you're going to a doctor because of an issue of something that you've been doing for years and years and years, that's not where you want to be. You want to make the choice now. Because when you have to go to the doctor, you've reached a point in your health that you weren't bargaining on and you really don't want to be. So and you minister, make the choice minister, now. Mike,
0: do you sell the CMOS? I know you have vitamins. You, and I don't, I don't right. sell
4: it, but we have like a couple of places that we're going to, you No, know, I can mention like a couple of places now. And I actually have a slide that's coming up pretty soon about the CMOS. Because as I, I've told uh, a lot of people before, when there's a demand on something, you're going to have opportunities. So when the word slowly started leaking out about the effectiveness of CMOS last summer, It was almost cleared off the shelves, just like all of your uh, sanitizers and stuff like that. People could not keep sea moss. The guy I was going to, he, fortunately, I had bought all kinds of sea moss and sent it to my siblings. And then maybe a month later, he couldn't get it for like five or six months. Everything was depleted. He was getting it from Jamaica and some of the other uh, neighbors. So what started happening in America and probably around the world, just like they have farm-raised fish, Well, they started, people started using their swimming pools or buying the on top swimming pools and was raising sea moss there. Then they had to kind of like manipulate and create a sea environment. So then you had this fake sea moss or farm-raised sea moss as opposed to the nutritional sea moss. And then it's like, well, how do you tell the difference? So um, when we get to the slide, you'll be able to see, you can really see the difference. And there's a taste. Because fake sea moss, you're gonna see all the little salt and stuff. Because people have to add that to the water. If you buy buying sea moss and they got all these salt crystals and stuff on top of it, you may want to question its uh, validity. <laughs> okay, and now we're gonna look at some alternatives um, that we can take. Uh, we pretty much know I was a I was a culprit. I mean, I used to drink milk before I drank water. I drank milk with everything for decades and never knew it was a mucus-building thing. And now I almost attribute when I got diagnosed with cancer back in 2007, it probably wasn't because of that. And I had a, a friend of mine, she, was, uh, she married a pharmacist, uh, Af- this guy who's from Africa, and, he, and she used to tell him how much milk I would drink. I drank milk maybe two gallons a week. I was like, they used yeah. to call me a baby calf. And he said, "No, Michael shouldn't do this." And i was like, "You know, we didn't really care for each other, so I wasn't about to listen to any kind of information he <laughs> was giving me." And then, ten years later, fifteen years later, then I get diagnosed with this. But I never knew anything about the whole mucus buildup. So now, when I look back on it, it probably was taking a slow process, and then it manifested itself because I was working out, eating pretty healthy, but then I was fighting like a half and half battle, you know. With eating healthy, working out, but then I was still like, you no, know, consuming some stuff I should have been consuming. And, and then bro- the body can you, you,
0: you look amazing. How old are you? I was appalled when you told me. I'll be eight.
4: 63 in two months.
0: Wow. And and so, so and, But that's mean, what like I did around 40. the 80s
4: and stuff. I began to start changing my lifestyle. I started working out, I started trying to eat healthy. And so when you take those changes and those steps, the your body's going to start re. Um, responding, you know, God made us wonderfully, but our bodies can only endure and take so much abuse, and then it's going to break down. And then when it breaks down, because we done did so much to it, you know, then we want prayer and we want doctors, you know, but we weren't following what He said. But we want prayer,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and we even pray over stuff <laughs> that's okay. really not good for. Us. So every our, our choices sometimes have a consequence. Mine had a consequence, you know, and then I decided, okay, you know what let me make a different choice now but everybody and has min- to do minister it in minister time
0: how, how did you feel differently after you stopped drinking the milk did you feel i i, I know i haven't drank milk in forever because it makes me sick but uh how did you feel after you got off the milk Minister? I, I think i i
4: felt kind of light and, and it was a, it was like a habit just like it was for drinking for me you know when because i used to drink heavily And when I joined the gym, I worked out like that weekend and went and partied and drank like a fish. And when I came back to the gym on Monday, I almost passed out. And so my trainer asked me, he said, well, what did you do the weekend? I said, nothing I don't normally do. He said, well, what do you normally do? I said, I went out to the club, party, no, I drank. We went out to eat afterwards. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, back up. He said, repeat that again. I said, I went out to the club. He said, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, I party. He's like, uh-huh. I said, then after the club, we went out to He said, no, no, back, back up. You skipped something. I said, I drank. He said, exactly. I said, well, what's up with that? He said, you were drinking probably till like about one, two o'clock Sunday morning. I was like, okay. And your point? He said, it's Monday. I was like, okay. And he said, it takes your body 72 hours to completely filter out alcohol out of your body. He said, you're still drunk. That's why you're about to pass out. Me, I don't see how the college and professional athletes do it when they partner. Because for me, just in that 40, <laughs> when they're training throughout the week, I couldn't fathom that, you know, my body couldn't do it. Maybe theirs could. I you No, know, it didn't work for me. So I had to choose either it's going to be the gym or it's going to be drinking. And the gym went out. And, and as I continued, you know, Cause you know, when you're young, you know, your body's a little bit more endure, but as you get old and everything, your body just not gonna talk. Just like when you get older, you tolerate less stuff than you put up with when you were younger. I think all of us can identify with that. It's stuff we we used to tolerate back then, but when you turn like 40, 50, 60, it's just some stuff you just don't have the patience for. <laughs> That's right. Same thing with with foods. Your body, it, it's gonna take it and take it, take it, you know, like that. Cause I used to, you know, I, I remember when I saw Selena. And she talked about, oh, I don't have no kind of workout regimen, you know. Well, your body is young and youthful, stuff like that. It it can be vital, but trust me, it's going to reach a breaking point. And and what you used to do when you were younger, you're not going to be able to do it as you get older. And then something is just exacerbated because of stress.
0: I know I'm Um, having a midlife crisis right now. I'm about to hit 50, so I'm like, I I need to. It ain't,
4: better. yeah. And I, it's, I'm it's calling nothing it but a mid-life number.
0: Crisis. I, I, I didn't order plant based stuff. I, I, I didn't got some creams for my face. I'm having a midlife crisis <laughs> boy over here. Well, you, you,
4: well, when we think about Abraham <laughs> and Sarah, how do you think she was able to, you know, see, they were living some ripe old ages. And for her to give birth and get impregnated, you no, know, her insides was kind of like good, you know, but they were eating a lot of healthy stuff. They were following his command. His 613, you know, law, you know, and that was vital to their health, you know, so we just got to get back to where we left off from. Another key thing on here, instead of using like no butter, you can use like coconut oil or or, um, avocado oil or even grapeseed oil. Grapeseed oil has a high threshold for heat. So when you're like frying some stuff or cooking some stuff at high heat, you would want to use grapeseed oil. Olive oil doesn't have that same heat threshold. And then we have another thing on here where there's like no food substitutes, Even for like your sugars, you can get stuff like um, monk fruit or even using dates. Because when you're used, even if you look at pure cane, if you buy sugar cane and you look at the sugar we buy in the store that's pure white and everything, a different color. Just as like with the salt. If everybody, anybody's ever had that uh, salt, rock salt ice cream, homemade ice cream, salt is not pure white that stuff has been bleached. Uh When you buy your bread, look on the ingredients and see if it says unbleached and if it says enriched. If it says that it's bleached or if it says that it's enriched, you wanna pick another brand. It's enriched, all right, that sounds good, but it's enriched with some stuff your body really doesn't need and they have it out there. We just have to start reading more. Our people are deserve for lack of knowledge. We have to start reading our labels. Sodium in- intake. All, we, got, we just have to do better. It's detrimental to our health. And um, I also wanted to speak about on um, like potatoes, like with french fries, yams are much more healthier for us than the Idaho potatoes. And if you don't like the sweet potato fries, you can get uh, some like these red bananas that, that's on the screen that you can see. And um, you can cut those, because they're not, they're not really sweet at all. I've had some in your burro bananas. I was like, okay, this tastes almost like an unsweetened potato. No, but it's, you can use that to slice up for french fries. And matter of fact, a lot of the bananas that we see in the stores, those big long bananas, those are hybrids. An actual banana has seeds, or actual banana looks like this. You see how small this is? This is a real banana. When you get those 12 inch long bananas, you're eating a hybrid. Just like with key limes. Key limes are very much more smaller in size than limes. Limes, Dr. sebi, they are hybrids. Those were mammy. And also your limes don't have seeds. We wanna start consuming things. When you see this seedless stuff, run. Don't walk away from it, run Run from it. You want stuff that is life-bearing.
3: Also, we've been conditioned to have the biggest of everything. The largest turkey, the largest ham, the largest steak, the largest fruit. And the largest is not the best for us. So be careful. Um, These fruits that are showing in front of you are better. I've seen them. You've all seen them in the stores. But usually you, you may see them in Spanish stores. Um, And so we sort of tend to stay away from them because we don't know anything about, it. but maybe buy one, maybe research it, take a picture of the name of it and take it home and research it and find out about it. That way you're informed.
2: Right,
4: right. So we're going to go ahead and pass the baton back to our illustrious host. And so we can get started on our teaching.
0: Thank you so much for that information. Minister Mike, Akota Lisa, we appreciate it. And so um, your health, I I didn't know, I've learned some things, like I said, Minister Mike is 63 years old. I couldn't believe it when he told me he'll be 63. So he talked about, look at, he's a perfect picture of health. He talked about the CMOS, um, um, 72 hours it takes to filter your body, the alcohol out of your body. Wow. And so there's just different things, information they're giving us. The red bananas, I've never heard of red bananas. So I'm going to go. And you,
1: can, you can get
4: those like at uh, a lot of your, sometimes Central Market would have will have it right there. Or if you go to like those farmer's markets, you know, they'll have it also.
0: And, and, and a quote, Lisa mentioned the Spanish. So I thought of Fiesta. Fiesta? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to look for those at Fiesta and uh, use those sweet potatoes as my fries. A lot of places, they do offer sweet potatoes as fries. Right. So, you know, you just have to do better and, and change some things. Gravity- a lot of the uh,
3: list, that list that Minister Michael put up before from Dr. Savey's, uh site, a lot of those can be found at the Spanish markets. Some of those can be found at the open air markets. Uh, we mentioned last week, I believe it was, that um, the um, open air market, uh, Caninos, it used to be called, uh, off airline and 610, they have all of that. <laughs> so that's where I got my sea moss. That's where I got my uh, butterfly pea, pea, pea. That's where I got uh, sage, and it's all real and it's all raw. And I got um, some burdock. So,
4: and a lot of the, the uh, items that she's mentioning are herbs that um, you can get. And some of the stuff originated from Africa. There's this one; it's called baobab. It's one of the highest, most potent forms of vitamin C. Um, and zinc in it. And it's this humongous tree in Africa, you know, so a lot of the stuff that they have at these herbal places like that's like, um, it's actually called Los Cavasos. It's, it's at that farmer's market and everything. They have a lot of that or superfoods, um, superfoods village off of um, FM 1092 Murphy Road and Airport. So thank
0: you. So we're going to have to be more more health-conscious, a lot of baby boomers out there. I was watching Shark Tank the other night. They had plant-based, it, it, it's like chicken, but it was a plant-based. So, you know, in these restaurants, if you're watching, you have a restaurant or I know people are making food from home with the pandemic and they're selling meals, start incorporating these meals for people inside your menu because people are curious. And like you said, it's about our palate, it's about our taste. And we, as Hebrew Israelites, we know we can, we can season some stuff and make it taste really good. And exactly. so start using plant-based and start experimenting yeah. and um, helping the people in our community with these meals, okay? And, like, add them in for free. If you're selling some fried chicken, add that plant-based in for free for a while until people start saying, hey, this tastes good. It's healthier. And so let's start, let's start broadening our horizon and, and thinking better and doing better, okay? So we're going to do our parashah. Um, the, the best part is the word of our Yahweh, our Lord, our God. And so uh, Deuteronomy, our new parashah coming up is Deuteronomy 29 through 30, verse 20. So Deuteronomy uh, chapter 29 through 30, verse 20 is the new parashah. I'm going to do the prayer. I'm still uh, off the paper, but I'm learning. So this is the prayer before you uh, read the parashah. That uh, brother Mike had taught us. on deny, Elohehu Melachai Olum, Asher Kidushanu, Bavistava Vistuvanu, La Asop Bedivare Torah. This is young. <laughs> i <I'm angry. laughs> Amen. So I'm gonna get to where I'm. I'm not gonna need my sheet. I'm gonna keep saying it, and that's what you have to do. And it says, blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us in his commandments and commanded us to engross ourselves in the word of Torah. Thank you, Lord. And so we go ahead and we give it over to you, uh, Brother Griff and Rabbi Shalom. we give it over to you for our parish, show.
1: Shalom. Shabbat shalom, everyone. We're thankful to be here again for another Shabbat with the team. <laughs> so, and I, I'm, I'm, it's good to see Brother Griff here because I'm sure that he has a lot to give up today. <laughs> he's a, he's a, quite a historian, and uh, uh, he, has, he has fresh legs. Like I say, he has fresh legs. But before we go into the parish hall, I want to remind you that the month coming up, right, the month of t now. We're ending up the month of Elul, which was a very important month to us, uh, even though we did not spend much time on it. Okay? there are a lot of things that happened and a lot of things that we, we by traditional, by custom, we would do uh, in this month in preparation for the new year. This is our new year. We are taught that it is the time when the earth was created, okay? So Tishri one in the Torah, it gets into it right so we're not going to get deep into it i just want to remind you that the new year for us the year 5782 will start on what day is that september what six six and which is tishri one okay on our calendar is tishri one they call it uh uh rosh Hashanah or what is the other word for it the other name there's another name for it we sound we sound shofar on that day, right? It's called what? Yeah, okay. Yom Kippur, right? Yeah, so we sound the shofar that day as well, okay? And also this year is a Shemitah year. All of us that are gardeners, that are farmers, if you're going to observe the Torah as it is written, that means you will allow your land to rest this year. Okay, and that would start on Tishri one, all right? So it's a Shemitah year for the Hebrew Israelite, for the Yehudim, all of us that believe and follow Torah, it is a Shemitah year, okay? Remember, okay, Tishri one, Shemitah year begin. also Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah, the head of the new year, the head of the year, right? We're moving into it. And then on the 10th of Tishri is Yom Kippur, the holiest day, our holiest day. That's our fast day. That is the fast day for us, right? And then following that on the 15th of tishri is, is sukkot so next week we'll get into those right we we'll try to get into at least um rosh hashanah so rosh kodesh this year rosh hashanah are all special three things that day right the new month new year and the shemitah year that'll start on september the sixth or tishri one
0: all right september the sixth through the eighth right
1: that's right. Uh, we do it two and days. And the Yom
0: Kippur is September 15th through the 16th. That's our fasting, our mm-hmm. atonement.
1: Tishri, yeah, Tishri 16th. So just be reminded that when, when you become a Hizra, when you accept the Torah, you say you're an Israelite or Hebrew Israelite or a Yudim, these are some of the things that you sh- should be familiar with. And preferably you would follow these things because they are important to us as a people and a community. All right, so let's move forward. This parashah, when you enter, when you enter, for us as Israelites, it's when we entered into the covenant or when we returned to the covenant, the Tishuvah. That's what it means for us. Because remember, we were outside the covenant. We were lost in the world, without hope, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Does that sound familiar to you? We were lost without hope in the world, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. We were, we were. That's straight out of the Breed Hadashah or the New Testament. We were, but now we have entered in. When you enter, when you use that to say, this, this parish say, when I entered into the covenant, when I came back to the covenant, you know, I began to do those things of the covenant. I became aware of the covenant that our forefathers broke. This parashaw. And, and, and one of the reasons why I wanted Brother Griff involved because this parashaw is how many of us um came to the understanding of, of prophetically where we are in the timeline and what happened to us and what happened to the children of Israel. Not all the children of Israel that all the children of Israel went like we were, like we did. We are peculiar uh, peculiar people in that in this country, I can't speak for Europe, but I, what I can say about the European Israelites or, or Africans is that they were able to maintain a certain amount of their Afro, African heritage. Same thing with many of them in South and Central America, they were able to maintain portions of their African heritage, but we in America, for the most part, lost everything, everything. It's as if the curse that was poured up on us in Benin, uh, when we went around that tree, those things actually took effect on us as a people. And all that happened because our forefathers rebelled against the the, the, the covenant, as it is stated in chapter 28, of the book of Deuteronomy. or Deuteronomy It's so important for you to read that book this time so that you can understand what's happening to Israel as a people. Remember, when you're studying this book, it's talking to the people of Israel, not just the individuals. These things happen to our ancestors as a people group, as a community, as a nation. All of these things happen because our forefathers broke the covenant. So I want to read something before I, I really get into the meat of it because I, I again I want to defer over to Brother Griffin. We just all of us kind of just have a discussion on this thing today. Uh, it's important because other people, we're praying that other people will hear these things and, and watch this video and learn and then do their own research about where we are as a people. Uh, it's important. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this out of the book of Wars from Josephus as we move into this thing. Because remember this, this, this parish says, when you enter, but so watch what happened to our forefathers um, and, and how, you know, it's, it's terrible that we don't know this. So in in Josephus chapter nine, this is what it says. This is is during the siege uh, that it talks about um, in the book of Luke, chapter 21. Yeshua talks about this. But he talks about what's gonna happen when he's put on the tree after he's gone. And the Romans have come in. This, This is the second temple being destroyed. The Romans are there. The, I should say the United States is there or the world system is there, right? Against Israel. And it says, this is what it says. It, it says, we have certainly had God for our assistance in this war. Talk about the Romans coming against the Israelites. Let me read that again. We have certainly had God for our assistance in this war. And it was no other than God who ejected the Jews out of these fortifications. That if you read the book of Deuteronomy as we're going to do here, you'll see this. You'll get a vision of this. Now let me read something else to you. And and brother Griff, you read for us before Psalm 79, right? So I'm gonna go to Josephus and I'm gonna read this, right? He says, and this again, this is chapter eight in the book of wars, because all of this is dealing with what happened to our forefathers after they rejected the covenant for a long time. It didn't happen overnight, this happened over a period of time. So it says, Now vision, envision this. But when they went in numbers into the lanes of the city with their swords drawn. They slew those whom they overtook without mercy and set fire to the houses where the Jews were fled and burnt every soul in them. This is that burnt every soul in them and laid waste a great many of the rest. This is happening to our forefathers in the city of Jerusalem and it's happening I'm gonna tell you this is happening during a feast time. All right. And it says, I'm gonna go down now. It says, uh, no, let me go. I'm gonna go ahead and read that. And when they were come to the houses to plunder them, they found in them entire families dead, dead men, and the upper room full of dead corpses that is such as dead by the family that that you know the famine is actually prophesied that we would eat our children and things that's also prophesied so you are reading history that is telling us about prophecy okay it says they then stood in horror at the sight and went out without touching anything but all although they had this commiseration for such as were destroyed in that manner yet had they not the same for those that were still alive they still were killing people they want a killing spree a frenzy right Book of Revelation, Book of Daniel, for prophecies. This is a, this is a historical fact, right? But they read everyone through whom they met. They, in other words, they killed them with the sword. These are your forefathers. They're talking about okay. when they say the Jews, they're talking about Israelites. Okay, and, uh, and it says and and obstructed the very lanes with their with their dead bodies and made the whole city run. Listen at this. If you, I know you've read this somewhere. This is this is what happened after the prophecy was made many years before. It says, made the whole city run down with blood. Can you imagine that blood running down the city? To such a degree, read the book of Revelation. And indeed, that fire of many houses was quenched with, with these men's blood. There was so much blood it was putting fire out. Okay. Guess what it says? I'm gonna skip down. It says, uh let see, and truly so it happened that though the slayers left off at the evening, yet did the fire greatly prevail in the night. And as all was burning, came the eighth day of the month uh, Corpius or Elul. This happened during the month of Elul. Okay. This is a time when we reflect on what happened to our forefathers. That's why I said there are things that we do in the month of Elul that we don't, we haven't been taught about. But now you've you read it, I've read it to you. Now you know where to find it in the book of Josephus, right? in the book of Wars, You can find it and read it for yourself. The blood, you know, it talks about in, in one of the prophecies about the blood going up to the, to the horse's bridle. All this happened to the children of Israel. And this is before the transatlantic slave trade, but these things happened. See, there are other things that happened. Now I was talking to, uh, well, I was listening to uh, one of the brothers in DeMona, and he was saying, Yeah, there was a comet seen in Israel uh, not, not many days uh, 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 ago. Not many days ago. I'm going to read this. It says in the same, it's in chapter six again. I'm going to read this for you. And then we're going to get into the Deuteronomy. Thus there was a star resembling a sword which stood over the city and a comet that continued a whole year. Thus also before the jews rebellion and before those commotions which preceded the war when the people were coming great crowds to the feast of unliving bread all you see there was a comet and the brother said there was a comet so there are signs and wonders but the things don't happen overnight this is said over a period of time a year before all this happened so look for these things to build up gradually you see We're seeing that today, all right? We're seeing that today. We're looking back at what happened to our forefathers, but we're looking forward to what is going to happen in the coming generations. And it was actually, we're seeing happening today in our generation in preparation for our emancipation, our true emancipation, our true Messiah who will come and deliver us from the land, okay? But he will send emissaries out as he's doing today. And we are seeing people crying out right now about the coming doom. And it's coming out of Israel. If you, The school of the prophets in Israel, they're talking about some such things as, as what's coming on the earth today. And many of us are not listening or we're not hearing or we're just not aware of what's going on in the world system. Okay? And all these things are happening in the spiritual realm. And we are being prepared for, we are being forewarned just as our brothers were forewarned in Jerusalem before the second destruction, just as we were, you know, when Yeshua left that prophecy. Many of the Jews don't believe that prophecy, but many of them do, that what Yeshua said, okay? In the book of of, of Luke, when it talks about the time of the Gentiles, okay? So let's go ahead, Brother Griff, let's get into this this parashah proper, chapter 28. Now, for me, I want to, you know, we, we talk about the blessings. We know the blessings, right? Everybody knows about the blessings because we preach it. I, I used to preach it on Sunday. I used to preach that 28. I used to talk about the, the curses too, but I never put them in the... I never, you know, in the beginning, I did not um, put them together as I can now. And i believe the reason i'm able to do it now is because the blinders have been removed from the children of israel okay that are that are returning to the contract agreement or the torah okay so um chapter 28 let me go to and, and brother you can chime in anytime you want i'm gonna go to uh Let me see if I can find something here. 15, verse 15. I'm reading from a different. uh, I'm reading from. um, uh, What am I reading from? I'm reading from Onkelos. Onkelos was written, was penned in the first century uh, when the temple was destroyed uh, during that time period. Onkelos. And it's written in Aramaic, okay?
0: So okay. I have the. Deuteronomy 15. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28 and 15. Okay, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I want to go there. I want to go there. And because it talks about, again, as a people, as a people, we have to understand that right now we're not operating under the blessing, right? Because we're not in the land. Our blessings are tied to the land of Israel. We are here in the diaspora as a people we have returned to as it would say egypt a uh, mitzrayim which means which means bondage okay and as long as we're living in the land of our captors we are still held in bondage because we don't have true freedom we're not enjoying the the, the, the full benefits of our blessings or our increases as long as we're outside the land of israel we're all we're not able to reach our fullest potential as a people mm-hmm. uh, that's what, what people like to say reach your fullest potential outside the land we're not able to do that right so we're striving to go back to the land but we understand that until messiah comes you know only a few are going into the land but is prematurely re-entering the land nothing wrong with going to the land it's a it's a it's a blessing to be able to live in the land i know many people that that live in the land that are blessed to live in the land
0: so but, we're, on Deut- uh, we're on deuteronomy 28 and 15. 28 15
1: yes but it will be that if you do not heed the word of hashem your god to be careful to perform all his commandments and his statutes that i command you today then all these curses will come upon you and they will overtake you, all right? As a people, not as individuals, but as a people group, all right? I understand that. So a few of us are able to, to rise above, but when we rise above, we're not able to actually go back and help the multitude of our nation as we should be. We're not able to, even though some of us become millionaires and billionaires, we're still not able to really go back and help the others. You have a reason that, you know, we go out and, you know, we have many millionaires and the little money that they put in the community, it just disappears. The little help, they may be able to help one or two, but they can't help the monsters like the other nations can. Other nations are able to build themselves up. And the reason why that is is because of this contract that we broke.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our forefathers
2: broke so, it. so Rabbi, can I ask a quick question? Cause this is always has been like a point of tension for me. Um, we know that we are in this place because we broke the contract as a nation. So, uh, so as a corporate entity, we broke this contract which left us all in this state of disarray. Now we, we see that there's this awakening happening or waking up here, waking up there. And different people are starting to kind of come to the knowledge and come back to the contract. But at what point are we in a place again where we're now fulfilling the contract as a nation? You know, because we have individuals has to come from the ground of, you know, a grassroots movement um, to get back to it. Uh, But also understanding that it has to be so many of us or it has to be a a, a national thing. And so um, I guess what I'm asking here is like, how can the individual usher in this national thing or will it take for you know some event to happen you know some some call it the overwhelming event or something like that for us to wake up nationally and then we'll come back into uh the blessings rather than the curses
1: when we look back at history we go back to the children of israel in the land of mishraim we see that they're crying out for deliverance, because of the hard bondage that was upon them. When was it that they were able to leave Mitzrayim? It was when
2: the when warrior. Came. Out
1: yes, but they had to have a leadership, right? There was a leadership. There was Moshe Rabbenu, right? Aaron, his brother, and his sister Miriam. There were three of them operating together, and then there was Joshua salvation, the one that, that, you know, he actually took them in. But before Joshua was able to take them into the land, into the land, the other three had to prepare them, because remember, Yeshua was a young man, the understudy of Moshe Rabino. But the others had to get that word out, and even they had some internal scufflings in rebellion against Moshe Rabino, you know, because you remember the the Zariot that was on their skin because of, of Miriam's skin because of a rebellion. And most so it's going to
0: go ahead. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what has, what's going to happen is according to the prophecy is Messiah Messiah is going to come back. He's going to send out and bring us into the land. That's when we go into the land as a people, that's when we'll see our full benefits of blessing. And until that time, we're only going to see few of us in numbers. That's what it means that you're only going to be in fewer, fewer of a number are going to actually enjoy the benefits of a, some simulant of freedom.
0: So, so be, it's going to be a person like, uh, and I'm just going to say like a Malcolm X, because we know, not Malcolm X, but uh, Martin Luther King, who was a great leader that wakes us all up and, and, and leads us, so to speak.
1: No, it will be Mashiach, Yeshua HaMashiach Ben Dawid, the son of David. Mm-hmm. That's who it's going to be.
2: So, so, um, so as we think about this, and we think about uh, you know the curses that are upon us, do these curses just lay upon us until that time? Even though some of us may be, um, you know, uh, going back to the Torah and going back to our original way of life, the the curse is corporate. The curse is not individual. The curse is corporate, and so even though we can get back to these statutes and commandments, it sounds to me like the curses will still rest upon our people as a whole um, until Mashiach comes back and ushers us back into the land. That
1: is the fact. That is the truth. Until Mashiach comes, we're going to have to endure this thing until Mashiach comes back. Many of us, as you know today, many of us are leaving the United States or leaving Babylon and moving out, but we're not going into Israel per se proper, but going into where we left back to the to, to the continent of Africa and enjoying certain freedoms. But there, again, that's not our utopia. That is not our place of salvation. It is a place where we can get some rest from, but we're still gonna have issues even on the continent of Africa, okay? Not to the extent we're having them here, okay? But as long as we're in here, we're not going to fully enjoy as a people our freedom. Let me read this for you while, while you're doing that, while, we, while we're here. Because verse 43 sums it up, okay? It says, the uncircumcised resident who is among you in our communities, right? And the uncircumcised in our community, those people that don't believe Torah, that are not Israelites, okay? Will be continuously ascending above you to the highest heights. So as long as we're under this curse, we're gonna see that in our communities. Everybody can come in and you see this written. Okay, they'll rise to the highest heights, while you will be continually descending to the lowest depths as a people in our community.
2: Re- Rabbi, let me put a little practicality to that real quick. For anybody who doesn't quite know what that means, go on to any Black community and look at who owns the corner stores. Look at who owns the laundromats. Look at who all these businesses that are, I don't want to say uh, lower level entrepreneurial opportunities, but things that are attainable, right? It's attainable to own a corner store for the average person. It's attainable to own a laundromat for the average person if they finance right. But look at who owns it, right? It's mostly Middle Eastern folks or Asian folks that have come into our community um, and own all these things. And it's like, why don't we have ownership over these basic things? Because if you go into the Asian communities, they own all that. If you go into other communities, they own all that. So you know, it's just, it's just incredible to see that, you know, we may make a business or make whatever and and take it out into this other part, but we are, I don't know if the word is afraid, but we are unwilling to do this in our own community, or we've been locked out for whatever reason, but, um, you know, uh, Sister Easter was looking at uh, possibly having like some kind of beauty salon and owning, uh, getting into the supply chain for... Hearing things like that, and when she tried to do that, and since you can tell it better than me. Uh, what she realized is that it's almost impossible to get into that market because it is so dominated by one ethnicity and one people. But we're the ones mainly using it. Uh, so it was interesting to see that idea kind of in today's world how it plays out. Yeah. So yeah. Again. So when right, you read they will, that, they,
0: they will block you from even getting the supplies yeah. that you that you need.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I had an experience. Uh, Sister Lisa and uh of course, Lisa and I had an experience back in the early days when we were in our 40s, I was late early 30s, early 40s. And we had a flower shop, okay. Ida's uh flower shop. It was Lisa's shop. And I would go to the credit union and I would borrow money from time to time to for the supplies and things. And then of course, you know, that's how you do it when you're starting a business. A lot of times you not use your own money, but you use other people's money, the bank's money, to float your loan so you can buy your supplies. And so as long as I was just going in, I say, well, I'm going to get a signature loan and we're going to take a trip. Credit union, no problem. How much you want? They give me the money. We go to go just blow the money, right? Once we got the business and I said, well, I'm going to use, it was coming about, February was coming up. Okay. And so I said, well, I got a good relationship with the credit union. Let me go and get some money. All I need is a couple of thousand dollars and we could get our supplies and get prepared for this big selling season that's coming up and, uh, we're going to make big bucks. Right. So I go in and I go in and, and I said, talk to the, the bank, the loan officer. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to need to borrow some money. I want to do an, a signature loan. And uh, she said, how much you want? I said, well, such and such, such, such amount. So, oh, okay. So I started doing the paperwork, and I put down there for a flower shop. And when she saw that, her whole confidence changed. Then she said, "I have to take it before the committee." I never got the loan. Mm. Not for the business. It was less money. I needed less money for the business that I've been buying, you know, junk with. You know, just go out. Just we're gonna take a trip. You know, you're not earning any money when you take a trip you're spending money but they gave me that money but when it was for the business they refused the loan that crippled us you see so that those are the kinds of things and we had no no backup plan there was nobody else we could go to for the money we didn't know we did we just didn't know who to go to because we were so isolated you know but those are the kinds of things that we run into when we try to get our feet on the ground whereas in the other communities if you notice and i'm going to use this because i know this to be a the truth uh, from the different places i live here in Houston, um, when the community, the Hispanic community come in, one or two families come in and start setting up shop and they bring in others, then all of a sudden they'll have a little business. And then next thing you know, you see another business. And then all of a sudden you see a host of business and the community demographic changes. It's like they have no hindrance. And they just grow and all of a sudden you see the fiestas and the things that that, that cater to Hispanic community. But the Africans were there all alone, but could not get their feet on the ground, could not go to, the, and they went to the same banks to get the same types of loans and could not get those loans. Do you, know, do you understand why that is? Because when you look at our skin in the beginning, when they saw a Yehuda, they saw that all the Jews were black. Do you know that? The Moorish Jews, you ever heard of that? So, what happens is now when they look at you, they quit and they don't say it out mentally, you're not going to get alone. Okay, you're not going to get alone uh, as long as you're here because, again, it's a spiritual thing that's happening that they don't even understand why they're doing it in many instances. They don't even know the driving force behind their decisions to help you get a business we have access to money through the government but we can't get it. the money is there but it's not distributed to us that's there's true there's always a that's reason true. the money doesn't get to us
0: that's true right mm-hmm. right
1: and you know why that is it's because of deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 one of these things in verse 43 starting at verse 15 i, I know because i've 22. tried
0: the system and they say well you have to have a business plan i have a business plan send them my business plan well <laughs> you have to have uh, a, a million, two million dollars in assets. Well, if I had that, I wouldn't be asking for the money now, would I? That's just right. dumb, and that's yeah. just Easter keeping it real. Right. And then yeah. that's where it all ends. But all that money is sitting there for the minority businesses, allegedly, but we can't get access to it. So, so right. what's going on with the money?
2: And, and to that point, Rabbi, you know, being out here in San Francisco, it's it's such a culturally rich city. You have so many cultures, uh, you know, Korean, Japanese, uh, Mexican, you know, just everything is here. And it's, it's amazing to me how, uh, same thing in Houston as well. It's amazing to me how you can have a Korea town, a Chinatown. You have this area where, you know, uh, Hispanics know like every, everything is here for us, but there's not a Black, you know, and I'm just saying this for, there's not a Hebrew town or a Black town right? And we've been here as long as, you know, the the colonizers have. Uh, Yet, yeah, and still, and, and like you said, you know, a few people come, set up a couple shops, and then now it attracts all these folks, and they come in, and they know I'm buying from my people, for my people. Uh, I know what I'm getting. I'm not getting the GMOs and all this stuff, because, uh, you know, I know exactly where I'm getting it from, um, but we have not been able to establish that, and the question is why? And a lot of, and we can go into the loans and all that, but literally what we're seeing, in my opinion, is spiritual wickedness, uh, you know, and seeing the effects of these curses. And so it's more than just this physical realm and these different things being placed against us. It's, it's deeper than, you know, just the white man is against us or now it's deeper than all of that. You know, this is an ancient evil against us um, from our disobedience, right? But there's a, there's a power at work here uh, that's, you know, bigger than just uh, a people group or whatever you want to call it right
1: this is again yeah you hit it right on the head when you say it's a spiritual thing that covenant that we broke was a spiritual contract people are on you know people think about angels as being evil right an evil spirit angels are angels they carry out their assignments not evil no good we see it as evil good because that's our concept but they're doing their job So this word is coming to pass. His word should not return to him void till it has accomplished what it is set out to do. His word has been set out based upon our decisions as a nation. And so the angels are operating, and even not only just the angels, but nature is operating against us because of the curses. This is a spiritual thing. Think about this. Anytime there's a sickness or a disease and I'm you know, and this you can tie this with the money and everything else Because when there's a sickness and and it talks about this in the curses Sickness talks about We have 12% of the 12 to 14% of the population in the in this country, but yet when it comes to sickness and disease we are always I mean the majority Whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever crime there is, we get the bulk of it. Okay, that's a spiritual thing. And one of the reasons why we get sickness is because we go to the same doctors, but we don't get the same treatment, right? I we go tell to the you, same, I can tell you that. yeah, we go to the same banks, but get the, don't get the loans. Someone saying something? Does someone want to speak?
0: That's a background, probably. Oh, let me, okay, let me mute this other one
1: okay. okay so so we're we're looking at a we say we might say it's a white man but no it's a spiritual thing
0: De- Deuteronomy They're only deuteronomy 28 is very harsh well you know it says the lord chastises the one he loved but this is literally like destroying us for our for this generational curse yeah. and it's it's hard to read it, 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 it when you in the spirit and you're reading it it's 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 very harsh, and yeah we 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 did we brought it upon ourselves we we're in this egypt and um but at some point, the United States this egypt is going to have to pay for what they've done for us too
2: it, yeah, it, to us. it is harsh, it is harsh to read, I agree, but this is literally where we are, and like we we have to read and understand and see ourselves in historical context here because we really start to break down deuteronomy twenty eight Uh, verse by verse starting at verse 15 I mean you it's not even something you have to like be like oh I can apply no it's literally like this is happening or happened to us um, and the mark is clear to see I mean everything from you will be a byword right and they call us niggers etc etc from uh, your you know going to verse 32 your sons and daughters will be given to another people while your eyes look on longing for them all day we know that that happened in slavery, and it continues to happen through imprisonment right now. I mean, we can go blind, all of, it, all, blind. of it, all
0: of it has come has come to pass, and we're in it right now. Sixty-four. Then the land, and then the Lord will scatter you among all the people, and from the end of the earth to the other end, and they shall serve other gods which you nor your fathers have known. This wood, this stone, all of it, all of it is is right here.
2: Yes, it did. This right here, uh, this was the smoking gun for me. This is when I, uh, when the Lord showed me this, I was like, what more can I say? Like, it is very clear who we are and it's very clear why we are where we are today. Um, But I, you know, I just feel like a lot of of folks, we want to place accountability somewhere. And, And this is hard to read. It's hard to look and say, dang, it's because of my actions. It's because of us. It's because of our forefathers. Like, we are doing this to ourselves. It's so much easier to be like, well, the white man holding me down. The way, you know, so much easier to put that accountability somewhere else. Right. Um, but when you read this, Deuteron- and, and again, I know how as rabbi has said it, as Sister Easter has said it, read it for yourself. We can sit here and talk to our face turns blue. But when you read this for yourself and you have some historical context of what happened to us throughout our 400 and 400 plus years here in America, it's just like there is no other people on this earth who this has ever fit. This is us.
0: Right, you don't. You don't have to prick my finger for no DNA to know that my ancestors' babies were stripped from their arms, that they were sold on the block, that it was a yoke around their neck, that they were sold in sold into slavery, that we didn't get any credit for any inventions that we made, that we will uh, plant and we won't get any of the harvest. I mean, this is my DNA right here. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28. You ain't got to prick my finger. This, this right here gives my tells you who I
3: am. But realize, how long have we been here? This is not new. Mm-hmm. It's been progressing since we've been here. So don't be shocked, don't be alarmed. Yes, it's been hard since we've been here. It has been the practice of us, it has been the mindset of us, it has been what has been going on Since we've been here, it's not new. We're just continuing it or we can stop and change what we've been doing and do what the Torah says to do. Then we can see change until our mindset is changed. We're going to continue the path. Anything going in one direction until something offsets it is going to continue in that direction. So until our brothers, until our men, until our women, until our sisters change the mindset and get out of Catholicism, get out of the past, get out of what's been holding us here and receive what the Torah says and have someone like rabbi, have someone like all of the rabbis teach us what this actually means and then do it. Don't just teach us about the Torah, teach us To do the torah that's
0: what i I do when i was reading it last night i did find it it, it's discouraging it is discouraging when you read it just easter keeping it real and then it goes on in 29 and it talks about well your your forefathers when you were out in in the wilderness they their sandals never wore down their clothes never wore down they was there they saw me i fed them and they still didn't do right and y'all gonna pay for it Exactly. He said, I
3: will, I will wipe you utterly off the face, almost utterly off the face. Right. So we have to make the change. He will see the change. If my people, everybody on here so far, my people who are called by his name, one, two, three, humble themselves and pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. Last thing is he will do we have to do those three. Then there will be a change.
2: And, 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 you know, I feel like one thing that we always call for is a change of behavior. And like, yes, we have to change our behavior and we have to. But the thing is, is that behavior can't change until beliefs change. And so it's a changing of the heart that we need. You know, and, and this is what I talk to my students about all the time. Is like I got parents that say, oh, well, I'm going to take my son out this school because this school is not the one for him. And it's like, cool, I hear you on that maybe this isn't the best fit, but that's not gonna change your son's heart, right? Like you, like there's a bigger change that just because you change the environment won't change the behavior. And so, you know, for us, it is a change of heart that has to happen. We have to stop valuing. And a lot of folks think financial freedom is the way out of this. If we can just find a way to financial freedom, then we'll be able to elevate out the situation. No, as Rabbi was saying, we got millionaires. We got billionaires looking at, uh, you know, Jay-Z and Kanye. We got billionaires in our community. We got all of that. It's not financial freedom. It is literally a change of heart that has to occur. Uh, But how will it occur unless we know how bad the situation is? Who needs a doctor who doesn't think they're sick? Right. And so, um, you know, it's just accountability and getting back to, to who we are, but it's just such a deep, deep, deep hole we've dug for ourselves. As Sister Elisa was saying, you know, even while we've been here, we continue to dig the hole. We got here because of disobedience, forgotten who we are and continue to dig the hole further and further. And so, you know, it's a lot of work, but we can do it. And and Yahweh is waking us up right now to be able to do it.
0: But the relief in our spirit is to know that there was a promise made to our, our forefathers also. We are his chosen people. And He loves us. He's not going to totally destroy us. And He's going to bring us out of this. You always need a remnant. There, there is some hope yeah. that yeah. He said, "You're above all. You're we. I love you above all the nations. All all the people."
2: He always leaves a remnant. And in, in, in our case, uh, Sister Easter, it's amazing because we shouldn't have found this knowledge. The Lord literally just supernaturally gave this knowledge. Um, and I, and I told you, and we was like, "Huh?" We didn't fully understand it at first. But it was literally, I mean, Sister Easter was having dreams of the trumpet blowing on, you know, uh, on... Young, on different, on different Russia uh
0: young Kapoor I And we had no idea. We had yeah. no,
2: she would always, it would happen every year. She would say, I heard the trumpet sound and we were just looking at it through a Christian perspective. She was just like, be careful, you know, because the trumpet means that there's danger coming. But it's so entrenched in our spirit who we are. He, the Lord is so good that even when we are lost and in, in this place of, of thinking we're Christians and thinking we're Gentiles, he was still dropping that Hebrew knowledge into us i mean it's just amazing how he how he how he preserves that remnant it's just it's just mind blowing and we all have access to it if we just surrender ourselves and get back to the ancient way right
0: and i think and i think about when the lord was doing this for me it had nothing to do with me it was about my child raising griff to to carry that torch to move on to carry to teach his generation so it's not even about me it's about what he was instilling in me to get hand over to grip. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It's good that there is still hope. And that's what we have to hold on to. There is still hope, apply what we know, learn more and keep the hope. Like he said, keep the hope alive and pass it on.
1: It's, It's as if we're experiencing and we know that we are experiencing They like to call it uh, a revival, but the scripture says uh, it's a resurrection, right? It's actually we're experiencing kind of a first resurrection type of thing, right? In other words, coming to life, coming back to life. The dry bones are coming back to life. We say this over and over again, and we have to say this over and over again. We, don't, we talk about places like Chicago and Detroit and Gary, Indiana and every place where the Africans are, the Israelites are, you know, in Chicago, the big Afri- uh, Israelite communities there around that area. But when all we're killing each other, what well, we have to realize in those places, they're not going to change until, as it says here, because you did not heed the word of Hashem, your God. To observe his commandments and statutes that he commanded you until we return to our first love we're not going to see a change but again so we're going to he sends the prophet and we're all as whether whether you receive it or not right now you are all operating as prophets what is a prophet a messenger of the most high messenger of our father and we're crying out to the children of israel that are lost without hope and alienated from the commonwealth of israel that is true today. We are crying out to the souls of Israel that are lost without hope in the world, alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel. And we're, cry, we're crying out to you, as being used as instruments of the Father to come back to the Torah. If you want to see the change, we don't. We don't have to remain in the state that we're in as a nation. Mm-hmm. Mashiach is waiting for the father to give the word to come. You hear what I'm saying? The word, the Mashiach, son of David is waiting for the father to give the word because only the father knows when we're ready to come back. And we have to observe these things that are happening in nature and in world governments, things that are coming against the house of Israel no matter where you are these things must come to pass the hardships that we're about to experience must come to pass because it's going to cause our hearts to cry out to the father to deliver us to send the messiah to deliver us from our bondage he says the curses the plagues will be a sign and a wonder in you and your children, a sign in us. The sign and the wonder is in us. It's not in the other nations. It's not in the other world, worldly people, but it is in the children of Israel. This sign that we see are in us for a sign. It's in us. So the world can see. The world can see who we are as the children of Israel. They may not want to act in accord to it, but they know who we are. Mm-hmm. They're not ignorant to who we are. They know who we are, but they also understand that the father is in control. And so if the father gives the order to turn up the heat against us. They can't do it unless the father tells them to do it. He sends it out in the spiritual realm so that it operates operate against us in this world in order for what? Us to turn back to him, our first love. So don't be discouraged at the message that is given to us in the book of Devarim or Deuteronomy. But take it and learn how to correct your life right now. This time, during the month of Elul, as we move into the, book of, into the, the month of Tishri, the new year, as we're going into the Smita year, as we're moving for Rosh Hashanah, as we're going into Yom Kippur Mm -hmm. and you're studying this book of it notice this book this reading this chapter comes up in the book of Elul in the time of reflection and repentance this is not a coincidence this is to get your attention at this as a people if we would turn and pray and humble ourselves to seek his face as it was stated by uh, a Cordelisa. If we all come in and, and just, if we would fast, right? If we would fast at Yom Kippur this year, as a nation of people, our father, our father in heaven will hear us. And he will cause the spiritual forces to react on our behalf or yeah. to act on our behalf. Exactly. If my people that are called by my name will pray and humble themselves and pray and seek my face, yeah. then I will hear from heaven. And I will heal their land. United States is not our land. Mm -hmm. Israel is our land. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: he will heal us wherever we are until our Mashiach comes and delivers us. So right here in the United States, he will heal the land that we live on. Our communities can be healed Mm -hmm. while we're waiting on Mashiach. He can heal us. He can pull us together. But we, as a people, not as individuals, but as a People on home come back and understand that we were commanded at this season to do this. I have a just a suggestion, right quick.
3: Finish reading Deuteronomy, a thirty and eleven all the way to the end. But I'm going to start with eleven. For this mitzvah, or this law, or this instruction, which I am giving you today, is not too hard for you. Mm. It is. Not beyond your reach. So, just like you said, Brother Grill, it's something we can do. Mm -hmm. We have to get the knucklehead in this. Excuse me, but we have to get that out of the way and say, "I'm going to do this. I can do this." He just wrote; it's on the paper right here. It's not too hard for you. Thank you.
0: Does anybody else want to make a comment um, before we uh, go ahead and close?
2: Um, I mean, only I want to say to kind of close out is that there's so much in here and, you know, we just touched on a few different things. And, um, you know, the main message, as everyone's been saying, is there is hope. There is hope if we just can turn back and just and it's not going to be perfect. I think that was one of the scariest things for me was that, oh, you know, I don't know how to do this and, you know, I want to do it right. Just start somewhere, and God knows your heart. Just start anywhere, and He'll lead you through the other pieces. Amen. Um, and so it's okay. It's okay to be a contradiction for a little bit. It's okay to have some areas where you started and some areas where you're not quite there yet. Uh, we all are to some extent, right? Like, but um, but the big the big thing is is don't get so caught up in like, oh, I can't do all of it, so I'm just discouraged. Just start somewhere, and my Amen. suggestion would be, and I think uh, most would agree. My suggestion for that would be to start um, by keeping the Sabbath. would be to start with Shabbat. Just start every Friday, just coming and just giving the Lord some kind of praise, something to say, hey, I hear you. The fourth commandment says to do this. And so I'm doing it for that reason. I'm not perfect. I don't know quite how to do it fully yet, but I'm just coming to you in that way. Just start somewhere. It Mm -hmm. would be my my biggest advice out of here. Amen.
1: Let, Let me say this also. And you said something uh very interesting it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be perfect do you know that in 1929 when the Ashkenazim decided they want to go to israel they didn't speak hebrew they didn't hebrew was not their language they spoke german and russia and all these different languages they didn't speak hebrew so what they began to do jabinski and all those guys they began to say well we're going to learn hebrew so they started to learn Hebrew, and they would only speak Hebrew. Only they would, they would there was this, this mandate. They they would only speak Hebrew because they didn't know Hebrew. And so in 1948, when they went into the land, they began, they were already they had already began to rehearse and learn Hebrew as a, as a language. And they were teaching it to their children, and they would only speak Hebrew at home because they were learning Hebrew. They did not know Hebrew. They had to start somewhere. It was not perfect, mm-hmm. right? So let that be an example. So now like Ariel Sharon, he was born in Israel. He was one of the first generation that was born in Israel. He speaks mm-hmm. perfect or, or I, say, I say fluent modern day Hebrew, All right. Mm-hmm. So we can't expect for it to be perfect, even though there are some among us that have been speaking Hebrew for over forty for all their most of their, all their lives. Some of us do speak Hebrew and have been speaking all their lives, right? So don't expect it to be perfect and don't expect for it to always come easy, but we can do it, right? And you don't have to speak Hebrew. Uh, your native language is, is English or Spanish or, or, or whatever. Learn the prayers, learn how to study the Torah, learn how to perform the Torah in whatever language you speak. To speak the, the true Hebrew, which we call Manakati, uh, the pure language, Manakati, which is the ancient Hebrew from our community, you know, it takes time. It takes time and, and, and a little bit at a time.
0: So we, we thank everyone. We thank you Rabbi Avshalom. You know, everyone, has, we did the Easter keeping it real. We talked about uh, public community issues that's going on with the mark of the beast. We talked about nutrition, Rabbi delivered the word, Rabbi and Minister Griff. We poured out our souls here and that's all we can do. That's all we can do is, is uh, be the priest and deliver what God gives us to give you. And so uh, I know my life has been enhanced. My life has gone to another level. I had to start somewhere. I'm still okay. learning. Um, Rosh Hashanah is coming up. We're going to talk about that next week. So tune in. Celebrate it. Okay. Start somewhere. Start adding it on. And then as, as you get more into it, the Spirit's gonna lead you to let this, this Egypt, this, uh, this, this Bastards, this Catholic stuff go. It, it, it's gonna happen. It, it, and it happened for me. At some point I had to come into reality, the realization that I had to go back to my roots.
2: And, and sisters, can I add this as well? Cause I know we're talking about uh, Catholic. And some of you, some folks may be watching this saying, well, you know, I'm not Catholic, I'm Protestant, I'm Baptist, you know, I come from the Protestant church. Uh, well, this is the thing, right? That we have to understand is that every form of Protestant, the word Protestant means to protest, right? If we go back to Martin Luther and Calvin and all those guys. Um, Protestantism comes out of a protest of the Catholic church. And so every Protestant um, denomination, whether it's black, white, Hispanic, no, doesn't matter every Protestant denomination comes from Catholicism. And if the root is bad, and we know that the root is bad, but this is a biblical concept, right? If the root is bad, then what does that make the branches? How can the root be bad And the branches now also take the same from from the same nutrients in the same soil, how could they not also be bad, so when we say Catholicism. You know we're speaking to all of Christianity, because every single aspect of Christianity in, in the Western world, I should say modern Christianity. comes from that root of Catholicism so we're all products of Constantinople of Constantine we're all products of that bad root, which is why we have to uproot right and plant new roots. Amen. Well said. said. Amen. Amen.
0: Okay, uh, Minister Griff, if you can go ahead and and lead us into our, our final prayer.
2: Absolutely. Father God, we come to you with humble hearts, just thanking you for another chance to fellowship in your name, another chance to praise your will and do all the things that you have for us to do on this earth, Father. We thank you for just giving us strength for even though we aren't perfect, just giving us a chance to just to just come to you in humbleness and and humble ourselves before you and surrender, Father. Surrender. Surrender is the word that we're carrying with us right now. Surrender to your will. Surrender to to what it is you have for us. Surrender to the ancient way. To let go of this this thing that we call uh, modern Christianity, to let go of some of these concepts that are poisoning us, that are poisoning our veins, and to replace it, getting back to our first love, getting back to who it is that you've made for us to be understanding our identity and context father we just thank you for leaving a remnant for even when we are fully against you for still looking down and having a, a certain amount of love for us that just wouldn't let us as fully go wayward we thank you for all the souls here all the ministers here that have been just pursuing you with full heart mind body and soul we thank you for everyone listening on this line that may be on the fence but uh, you know you're stirring up their spirit father and they are here and just being here is a, is a step yeah. Just listening as a stepfather, just just hearing this out loud, hearing these words we ask that that uh, that the parents on this call are able to take this and give it to their children for we know the next generation is going to be the one yeah. to raise us up and, 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 and raise the banner, father, raise the banner of ephraim and, and, and we just thank you for that father we thank you for for giving us understanding, giving us wisdom, giving us knowledge in the midst of all of this craziness we ask that you heal our communities father that We're able to come back to the statues and the ways that we may see the improvements around us. We ask that you heal our bodies, Father, that you show us the power that's within us, that we stop living on a subhuman level and come to the full knowledge of who we are uh, on a conscious level of of what Yeshua showed us. We ask that we're able to have healing in our finances, healing in our bodies, healing in our households, healing with our children, healing in everything that we do. For we know that wellness is the name of the game, Father, and that you've created us and that you've put us on this earth to not only have wellness ourselves, but to heal the whole land. The whole world cries out for us to know who we are, for the rocks cry out for us, the the animals cry out, but everybody cries out. And we just thank you that in this time and in this day that we are starting to wake up to that identity. We pray for a revival in the land, Father, that you just give us a spirit of revival and, and, and let that spirit overtake us so we may come back to you and walk in your ways. We just repeat that again and again, that we just wanna walk in your ways, Father. We ask that as we open up this word, that these false teachings and these bad doctrines be be lifted from our minds, and that you replace it with your teachings, Father, that you allow us to see, not as as the uh, Western church sees, but allow us to see as our forefathers seen it. Allow us to read and to understand as our ancient forefathers did uh, when they got the word. We ask that we're able to come not only and see Yeshua as Savior, but also as Lord, Father, that we're able to make him Lord over our life and walk in the statues of Yeshua. Not just say, you know, uh, we see the cross and no, but to actually live out every day and as to not put him as under a, a second sacrifice, as it says in Hebrews 10, as to not you know, uh, sacrifice him a second time, but give us the the knowledge and the wisdom and give us the strength and the courage for we are broken vessels, Father, but we know that you said that you love broken vessels that you may heal them. For For who? Who needs a doctor who is not yet sick? Show us our sickness, Father. Reveal both the overt and the covert sins that are within us. Reveal our hearts to us, as scary as it may be, Father. Reveal our hearts to us. Show us all who we are so that we may correct it. We may come back to who we are and just live it out. Take away any hate from us, Father, for any people group, for it is not uh, uh, it is not blame to place on any people about where we are, except for ourselves. So take away the spirit of hate that may per- pervade our community and saying that it's this people that are holding us back or this people. Allow us to see that it is only, only us, Father. It's only our personal relationship with you and our corporate relationship with you as a nation that is keeping us in this condition. Yes. Allow us to turn those, allow us to turn those um, those curses in deuteronomy 28 back into the blessings father for we know that you set a path before us a conditional path before us that we can have either one if we just do what you said that if you do what you if we do what you said that we're called to do we thank you for the unconditional love father for you still kept us even in our disobedience even as we've been enemies of you you still looked down and loved us even in our, our, our our worst times but now we ask that we come into out of survival mode, Father, and, and and into a state of thrive. We want to thrive in this day and age, Father. We don't want to just survive anymore yes. as crabs in a bucket and just be on the bottom, Father. For we know that we've been we've been called to be the cream of the crop. We've been called to be the inheritors of the earth, Father. But we just we just come to you and we ask for the strength. We ask for the understanding. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for all those things which you wrote for us down in the scriptures, Father. We thank you for preserving these scriptures even though we may have got false doctrine and false teachings on it, we thank you for, for for preserving them that we may come back and we may find the truth in them we thank you for brother mike and sister elisa for giving us this health information yes. allowing us to know that while we've been raised on taste and that's not just about food right while we've been raised on taste in so many areas of our life that it's time to turn from that taste and get back to the wellness and get back to the health let go of these toxins and get back to those things which will nourish us and give us life. As Ezekiel uh, saw the valley of the dry bones and as it was revealed to him that this is us, we see it in today's age, Father, that there we just are a disparate people and there's dry bones everywhere. But all it takes is for us to just believe to come back and bring those, and, and bring body and bring life back into those bodies and bring the resurrection back into our communities. And we cry out to you, Father, and we ask for the resurrection. We ask for the resurrection. We ask for the resurrection and that that we may have new life, that we may come back to it, not not to to do our own will, Father, not to gain financial freedom, not to just do uh, those things in the world system, but to come back to you and to live through your statutes and commandments and to gain our inheritance, Father, and what you've given us on this earth. We just ask, Father, for for once again for forgiveness. We ask for boldness. We ask for the power that is within us. And we ask for the Ruach HaKodesh to just express itself through us in all ways, in all spaces, and in in all aspects of our life. We ask all these things in your son Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. We thank you for that blessed prayer. We thank all you men of God who has covered us today from uh, the words you've given, Minister Mike, Minister Griff, our great Rabbi, off shalom. We thank you, women of God, who have tuned in, that's on here. We ask for healing, everyone who's listening from the top of their head to the bottom of your feet. We look forward to delivering the word once again next Saturday. We love you. We thank you all who have poured out today your souls, poured out blessings. Because the word, that's what it is. It's a blessing. We thank you. And we will see you next Saturday. Shalom. 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 We love you.